Steph, how are you feeling today? I am feeling good. Roller coaster day, but we're good. Yeah, I heard. I heard you got a roller coaster day. So normally, when I start this podcast, I ask him a question that really obviously has something to do with uh, what comes later. And Steph, I've been trying to figure out a good way to do it, but I'm just gonna have to be real blunt. Are you ready? Okay. Steph, would you ever fuck your cousin? I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the hard hard no on that one. Interesting choice. I think you'd have been a better. Uh, royal than some Europeans that I can tell you about. Interesting, interesting. So we got some Lannisters, some real-life Lannisters we're going to hear about. Oh. My friend. (laughs) We have got some Lannisters. Time Whoopsies, a podcast about incompetence on a grand scale. My name is Eric McAdams, and each episode I tell a guest and you, the listener, a story from history involving massive incompetence. Today, I have with me my friend Steph, whom hey. listeners may know from the Shmanime podcast, where he's been a guest several times. Say hi, Steph. Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody. Eric was forced to live with me for... <laughs> Two years in college, and is shockingly somehow still my friend after doing that. So much that I asked you to be on my podcast. And I made my heart feel a little warmer. Yeah. So, Steph, I got I got kind of a weird one for you today. Although you probably got that from the question I asked you. I was going to say, I was going to, you know, it's the, as far as like openers to dinner conversation goes, like if were you to ask that one. I think there'd be like a moment of silence at the table. I was gonna. I have a date later. I was gonna. Oh man, I gotta figure something else out now. Right. Yeah. Don't open with that one. You okay. Gotta ease into that one. All right. That's like the. <laughs> you ask her what kind of movie she likes. All right. Okay. What's her favorite food? All right. Have you banged your cousin? Favorite food. What kind of movies? And then bang the. All right. Cool. And hit it with the cousin. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. 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 So I, I we alluded to the fact that you're having a roller coaster kind of day. Steph, do you want to take us into your life for a second? Oh, take us into my life. Yeah. Well, positives. Yeah. Becoming semi-professional longboarder right now. So yeah. That's taken off the ground. Won a bunch of races, getting some sponsorship offers. Uh huh. A little bit of a downside. My my poor chinchilla is pretty sick right now. Yeah. What's the chinchilla's name? Um, her name's Carmen. She's nine oh. years old. Oh. So, she has a while left. She should. She, she should? should be around oh. for like another like like eight nine years. Really, I didn't know chinchillas lived that long. Chinchillas can. I just so I was at the vet today, and my the vet I had has three chinchillas, and they're all twenty years old. Whoa. Okay. All right. So, so we can hope that she'll shake this off. Yeah, just some digestive problems, but like they're such a small creature that. It's very finicky to fix digestive issues, and mm-hmm. if you don't fix it properly, it can end up being really fucking bad. Well, I hope your chinchilla is okay. I think she's going to be fine. She yeah. had a bit of a stressful day at the vet, but right now she's sleeping. So I can hold. I can hold morning. Carmen in the light for now. 
Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's she's doing good. I think she's just she's just napping. All right. So, uh, Steph, we gotta talk about incestuous European royals. All right, dude. That's yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, and we're and we're gonna have to. We're just gonna have to jump into it. Okay, you ready? Dive right into the. Uh... 1496, Spain. Philip the Handsome is a real person first. Yes, That's he a, is. It's a real title. Okay. Philip the Handsome marries Joanna the Mad. I'm sorry. Are these like are these like they were named this in Shakespeare plays? <laughs> like after this historic event went down, or like they were like she she was like oh I'm fucking crazy. Therefore, I will call myself Joanna the Mad. Philip the Handsome was, I guess, called that because he was handsome, but, like, I mean, you look up Philip I of Castile, and he I wouldn't describe him as handsome, but then, you know, maybe I'm not the connoisseur of these kinds of things. Joanna the Mad was known for having uh, some kind of mental illness, although it's not like they were the best, foremost psychologists in the 15th century, so, like, she take that with true. a grain of salt. This is back in that time where, like, if women got moody, they'd, like, throw leeches at them. Yeah, you know, and then probably murder them. Ah, the good old days. So, they get married, those two crazy kids, those lovebirds. They get married in 1496, and they have a bit of a power struggle with Joanna's father, Philip's father-in-law, for control of essentially Spain, although it's, it's more, like, Castile and Aragon at the time. Okay. And they're not really that important as rulers um, because eventually the father-in-law wrests control back from them. Um, so what was the dad's name? Was he like... He's not that important. He's like Ferdinand. Stepdad the asshole? I think his name was Ferdinand. He's not important. And he's not important essentially because while he does wrest control from Philip and Joanna... He doesn't keep control for long, and eventually control of Spain transfers back to Joanna's child, and his name is Charles, or Carlos. So, Charles, the son of Philip the Handsome and Joanna the Mad, is known as both Charles I and Charles V because he takes control of various monarchies and lands in Europe, and... By the time he reaches the height of his power, he is the single most powerful monarch in Europe. Okay, so this is like when you made two rune escape accounts back in, like, fourth grade, Mm -hmm. and you got, like, mithril armor on one and adamantium armor on the other. And then one guy married into both of those and inherited both of those things. Okay, okay. Because... What if runescape's still up, huh? Now, I I don't know, actually. Charles V is a big fucking deal, not just as, you know, because he's a big, powerful monarch, but specifically for his family. Charles V's family is known as the Habsburgs. They were started... German? uh, Sort of. The Habsburgs started a few hundred years before Charles V was born when Count Radbot... (laughs) What? Yeah, Count Radbot built a... Count Radbod. (laughs) Well, yeah, Count Radbod, who built a castle in Switzerland. He called it it the Habsburg Castle. And over the next couple hundred years, 
his descendants married into powerful families and thus inherited lands from other more powerful families and built and built their influence. This is why Philip, the handsome marrying Joanna the Mad, was kind of a big deal, was because that was the Habsburgs marrying into Castilian royalty and getting part of the lands of Spain. Because Philip I, known as the handsome or the fair, was a Habsburg. Okay. Charles V is essentially the pinnacle of the Habsburgs. He, he represents their, their greatest, most powerful ruler... Because after, like, 300 years of plotting and marrying and, like, making sure they inherit lands, this is the largest their empire will get. He controls Spain, Austria, the Netherlands, and the entire Holy Roman Empire. Sorry, this is 1500s? This is the 1500s. Okay. Charles V also had some health problems. Mm. He was known for having a gigantic jaw... But he also had epilepsy and gout. Part well, of gout is it's got like an like a really bad version of acid reflux, from what I understand. Gout, I believe, is more like a really bad version of arthritis. Oh, okay. Kind Way of the mark there. swollen, painful feet is usually the the hallmark of gout, I believe. Okay, but like very like like just like debilitatingly painful. Yeah, it could be. And in the later stages of his life, Charles needed like people to carry him from place to place because his feet hurt so much. So, historians think that there is a chance that Charles V's health problems were caused by his parentage. Specifically, I told you that the Habsburgs were known for marrying into other powerful families. But the thing is, if you do that, eventually, and you just keep marrying into other more powerful families, your line will kind of get dissolved into theirs. It won't be your family consolidating the power. Yeah. So, that's not what the Habsburgs wanted. They wanted to bring all the power into their own family. And how do you do that? You marry into your own family. Yikes. So, if you get one person marries into one powerful family, and another person marries into another powerful family, their descendants can marry, and then both of those lands are controlled by the one family. Okay, sound, it's like, sounds like a used car salesman kind of thing going on here. It's, and that's how they consolidate power, and eventually it all ends up under Charles V, or ch- also known as Charles I. And what? So like, yeah, and Charles what, V this was is a, like a king, and he's got like like dukedoms or something like. Yeah, that? he's got he's got all he's got all these different lands that are all transferred to him because of the various Habsburgs that he inherits from his his many many relations. That's how it works, right? It's it's like kings, then dukes, like the king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's about dukes, right. Yeah, something like that. Then counts are somewhere below that, and you know. Mm-hmm. So, like I said. And Charles V, despite having some uh, questionable uh, lineage, was still a pretty smart guy. He was a good ruler. No, he's known for being this like titan of Europe at the while he was alive. Uh, but before he dies, he divides up his territory so that his brother controls Austria and his son controls Spain. This is where the, the Habsburg dynasties split off, and that's when they become known as the Austrian Habsburgs and the Spanish Habsburgs. We're going to be mostly focusing on the Spanish Habsburgs. Yes. 
Spanish, uh, yes. <laughs> I don't know what accent that was. I yeah, it was wasn't Spanish, I'll tell you what. <laughs> it wasn't Spanish. It was, maybe it was Italian or French. I think it was mostly just, like, guttural, like, just groaning. European. So, Steph, I hate to do this to you. Oh, boy. But I'm going to take you on a trip through a family tree. Okay. I just know that I'm not going to know where you are by the end of it, but I'm going to do my best. Oh, no. You're going to know where we are. Trust me. So, we're just going to take a trip down a few generations. Mm -hmm. So, remember Charles V. He's this big... Important guy. Honcho. Yeah. Big man. One of his children is named Maria, his daughter. His daughter, Maria. Yeah. She marries her first cousin. Okay, and everybody knew this at the time. Oh yeah. They were like their first cousins, but we're No, they're first cousins and we are and we like this. We encourage this kind of behavior. We want okay. to keep power among the Habsburgs. Is there a history of severe genetic disease coming in here somewhere? Oh, we might get to that. Okay. Sounds like it might be building to something like that. <laughs> anyway, so Maria, after Maria, we got who? She marries her first cousin, Charles's other son, Philip the yeah. Second. He marries his own niece. Hang on a second. And it's Maria. And I told you about his daughter Maria. It's Maria's daughter. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, so you have Charles, Charles's yep. daughter. Who is the guy? Charles's daughter Maria marries her first cousin. Her first cousin. His son I mean, Philip II marries her daughter. So Charles has a son and a daughter. Yep. And Charles's son marries Oh Jesus. Charles's son marries Charles's granddaughter. Yeah, I was that's about that. That's what I realized that. I was mm-hmm. like, I got there. I was like <laughs> Yep. This uncle niece couple produces a son named Philip III. And he marries a woman named Margaret, who was also the product of an uncle-niece couple. Yes. They have a son named Philip IV, who then marries his niece. Whose niece? So there's the first uncle-niece couple. Their child... Yeah, their child marries another person who was born from an uncle-niece couple. And then their son marries his niece. Yikes. This is, yeah, and their son was named Philip the Fourth. He marries his niece, who's named Mariana, and they have a son that they name Charles the Second of Spain. We're gonna talk about Charles the Second of Spain because he's kind of a big deal in incest circles. Charles the Second is the is one of the biggest products of incest you will find throughout history, because all that stuff about uncles marrying nieces people marrying their first cousins that I told you, that was only some of the incest that went on to produce Charles II. Okay. So, So, uh, how was his health? Was he okay? We're gonna get to that. So, so Steph, just to to really lock in the magnitude of Charles II's genetic code. More than several nieces and uncles Mm -hmm. and, and aunts and daddies slept together to produce this guy. Alright, so you know how you have two parents and then four grandparents? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as each generation goes back, it multiplies by two each time? Yeah, so you've divided got by two. Four grandparents, 
eight great-grandparents, 16 great-great-grandparents, and so it keeps on going, like, two to the power of whatever, however generation, how many, however many generations you go back. Yeah. So if you go back eight generations of a normal person's family, usually you should have 256 ancestors if you go back eight generations, right? That's fascinating. Two to the eighth power. 256. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charles II of Spain had eight. Yeah. <laughs> Get on with your bad so. And two <laughs> of the eight were sisters. Yeah. I... <laughs> were, like, do, were they just taught that this was okay? Because, remember, they have to... Like, their whole thing is they're trying to consolidate power. And the only way that you can keep power within the family is to make sure that the family marries the family and passes it on to the family. But are they also trying to, like... Oh, my God. Okay, they're, they're consolidating a lot of other things. I'm just going to chug a beer time. for a second. Well, I might get a second Heineken. Oh, they're, chug- they're consolidating a lot of genetic code is what they're consolidating. So, at the time, this was pretty normal. You know, marrying your cousin, not a big deal in European royal circles. They thought that, you know, keeping the blood pure was what's was what was going to save them. They, they didn't know anything about genetics. They're not going to be like, oh, we're not marrying other people enough. We're not getting diverse right. enough genetic code. They thought we're keeping our genetics, our genetics pure. Researchers recently uh, did a study of the genetics of a lot of the Habsburgs. They found that Charles II's parents, yeah, when they looked at their genetic code, twenty-five percent of his parents' genetic code was identical. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, the same genetic code, which means you get a lot of recessive traits. Like, remember that time I talked about. Charles the fifth slash first. His gout. <laughs> his gout, his epilepsy, his big old jaw. Yeah. All that was just like Let's talk about Charles the Second of Spain's jaw. So you know how pugs can't really breathe? Yeah. <laughs> because they've been like bred so much that their like face is too squashed and like the air doesn't work? Yeah. Charles couldn't really talk or chew. Oh no. His uh, lower jaw was so far in front of his uh, upper jaw that his teeth couldn't connect. So, uh, oh, all right. Can I look up an artist rendition of this guy's face right now? Oh yeah, you can. There, there are all kinds of paintings. Charles the Second of Spain. Were these paintings honest, or were they the kind of like if you make them look ugly, will kill you? Painting. Why don't you give me your reaction to what okay, you find? Just. second ugly <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna enter that in google so i'm sure we get the right guy have you ever watched something for your favorite actor but then afterwards you realized it wasn't worth your time well our time is worth nothing i'm katie and i'm lenny and together we host the filmographers every month we pick an actor and watch everything they've done then we report back to you so you know everything to decide if it's worth your time so check us out on the Major Cast Network or wherever you find your podcasts. New episodes the first week of every month.
Did you find the pictures? Hang on. Hang go to, on. to go to image search. Now I'm clicking on the images. Wow, he, you know, he reigned from 65 to 79. Yeah, just stop giving away my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you these things. Oh. Oh, my. <laughs> Did we find old Charles? Oh, we found... Uh, I'm pretty sure these paintings are trying to make him look good. <laughs> oh, they are. They are. You get fired from your job as a court painter court portrait artist if you portrayed them too negatively and this is I him mean, and I'm his... just saying I don't know if that's a chin or a shovel <laughs> he has an army of like stylists and fashion people and this is still what he what he presented to the world uh, you, you gotta feel bad you gotta so like I said Charles couldn't really talk or chew and that's not good for you fun fact no it's pretty He's <laughs> just a really unfortunate looking human being Aside from that he had mental and emotional disabilities And he didn't really seem to care for anything in the world Aside from his own, from the quality of his own blood His nobility, etiquette, and hunting Once it became clear that he was not going to be an effective leader His mother and his advisors essentially ran the country on autopilot without his help Sounds like a good move. Despite being the king of Spain, he never really did anything for the nation, and he certainly didn't father any children. <laughs> no, no, no. End that right there. He <laughs> had two wives, one of whom complained that he was a premature ejaculator and also impotent, and the other one who complained <sighs> that he was absolutely infertile and impotent. Oh. My favorite part of this, his first wife dies pretty young yeah and there are suspicions that his own mother had her killed because she was so sure that the reason they weren't producing children couldn't be because of him it had to be because she was barren oh no oh yeah she was so sure of the quality of her son's breeding that she was that she, that she might have had his wife killed so that he could get another wife and impregnate her thus continuing the line of misfortune yeah and again that's not proven so you know not not facts there so despite all this he actually lives for a pretty long time he li- he makes like you'd expect a guy with this kind of these this many disorders this many pro- health problems to live to like 12 maybe he makes it to i believe 39 years old so i'm gonna read you so we've progressed i know we started in the 1500s we've progressed all the way uh to near the end of the uh, 17th century this is in 1696 i'm going to read you a brief excerpt from an english ambassador's journal while he was in the court The king's danger is over for this time, but his constitution is so very weak and broken, much beyond his age, 35, that it is generally feared what may be the result of another attack. They cut off his hair in this sickness, which the decay of nature had almost done before, all his crown being bald. 
He has a ravenous stomach and swallows all he eats whole, for his, for his lower jaw stands so much out that his two rows of teeth cannot meet, to compensate which he has a prodigious wide throat, so that a gizzard or liver of a hen passes down whole. And his weak stomach, not being able to, to digest it, he voids it in the same manner. Uh, yeah. Real real peek into the day-to-day life of Charles II there. He should have had a professional chewer. Should have had a court chewer. Can we get a court chewer in here? Yeah, you'd think that they'd feed him, like, mush so that he could at least, like, have it pre-digested. But I guess instead they wanted to see him swallow something whole and then vomit it back up. Yeah. Mm. Ugh. You know, you kind of feel bad for the guy. I mean, it's not his fault! It's not his fault all his ancestors fuck pe- fucked people that were related to them. I hate he did nothing nothing to deserve. It's not his fault that the prevailing opinion was that you had to keep bloodlines pure before ever going outside the family to have a baby. Oh, okay. Wait, 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 wait a minute. So, like, Sam, I know, all right, so call me slow, but I'm just connecting this in my head. Yeah. If you go all the way back, his two of his ancestors are Philip of Castile and Joanna uh, the Mad. And Joanna the Mad. Yeah, and uh, and their whole family tree that happens from there just comes back it together like, and culminates it like, in him. Yeah, he, they have a bunch of children. They marry into different families, and it, like the the the, out. the family tree like branches out and then slims back down and produces right just him. one child. Oh boy. I mean, there there were other descendants. Anyways, with Charles II dying with no heir because his dick didn't work, <laughs> that's essentially the end of the Spanish Habsburgs in 1700. Because there aren't any others because the other ones stopped producing heirs as well. I wonder why. Yeah, there's like, you know... You'd think they would have figured it out. Like, I wonder what's doing this. Yeah, why are we all... What, what's happening? What? Hey guys, Eric here. Sorry to interrupt and change the audio quality of the podcast, but I'm on vacation and didn't bring my microphone, and while I was editing, I realized that there are a couple little corrections that I have to make to this story. First of all, I said way back when that Carlos II of Spain had eight ancestors, if he went eight generations back in his family tree. That's not completely true. It was more like 12 or so. Anyway, the other quick thing is that I say that he was 39 years old when he died, and he was actually five days before his 39th birthday. I know, huge change. But really what I forgot to mention was the consequences of, not le- of having a king that couldn't rule, rule a country, and having a team of advisors rule it in his place without the real power to do anything. Spain's economic and uh, general political power decreases noticeably over his reign first off and then after like he's generally considered one of the weakest kings they've ever had just in terms of the poor outcome for the country also on top of that carlos ii of spain had some kind of nervous breakdown because of all the pressure on him to fix all these economic concerns and after he after he has this breakdown He is completely removed from any kind of position of authority and is essentially allowed to play games for the rest of his life. One little fun tidbit that I'd like to add that I found on the Wikipedia page for Charles II is that after he died, the 
person who performed the autopsy clearly wanted to play into whatever insane rumors there were about Charles II of Spain's anatomy, because clearly some rumors were swirling around about him, given his odd appearance and behavior. Clearly he had to be some kind of supernaturally unhealthy person. And apparently, according to the Wikipedia page, there is a quote that the physician who performed his autopsy stated that Charles II's body did not contain a single drop of blood, that his heart was the size of a peppercorn, his lungs were corroded, his intestines were rotten and gangrenous, he had one testicle, and it was black as coal. Also, his head was full of water. Now, I'd recommend that you take that with a bit of a grain of salt, perhaps. But anyway, I wanted you guys to know the, these facts before I let the story continue. And the next part of the story deals with the consequences, the direct consequences, of having Charles II rule Spain. Alright, let's get back into it. So, because uh, he doesn't have an heir, he bequeaths his entire kingdom to a man named Philip of Anjou, who is distantly related to the Habsburgs, but he really belongs to the Bourbon family of France. And because England and a couple other nations are worried that this will, that this will make Spain essentially a puppet monarchy to, that is controlled by France, this prompts the War of the Spanish Succession. Oh, that's what happened. Not only does all this inbreeding create a person who is fundamentally incapable of, like, living by on his own, under his own power. Yeah. When he dies, it also creates a war that claims the lives of hundreds of thousands of people. You know, Rick, Rick you're saying that, like, there's something, like, they did something wrong. <laughs> this is a podcast about incompetence, remember? Sure, sure, sure. I wouldn't be talking about it if they didn't make some kind of mistake. So this, the War of the Spanish Succession rages for 12 years, claims hundreds of thousands of lives... Which back then is a pretty big deal. Eventually, the French side wins, and Philip of Anjou becomes Philip V of Spain. So the guy that he declared his successor just becomes his successor anyways. Cool. Yeah. After the war, Philip V comes along, and the Bourbon dynasty of Spain takes over. And uh, after this point is when Spain reaches its golden age. Which I guess... It's a while to get there, but... Yeah, well, it definitely, you know, Charles II's reign sure didn't help. Yeah. <laughs> Which was still so surprisingly long. <laughs> yeah, he, he definitely reigned for a while. Uh, the, for those wondering, the Austrian Habsburgs last, like, 40 years longer than the Spanish Habsburgs before they essentially die out as well. From a similar kind of situation? Yeah, because all their male heirs die but without make, without making more babies. But actually... So, Steph, this is essentially the end of the Habsburgs, the story that I've... Okay. The long story that I wanted to give you with, with Charles II's death uh, and the war that followed. But what I like to do at the end of each episode uh, is... After telling a big story about incompetence on a grand scale, I like to tell a little story about competence on an absurd level. Okay. And this one, I'd like, I wanted to relate it to the story. And actually, the weird thing about the Habsburgs is so obviously the Spanish Habsburgs didn't do so hot. 
They didn't. They didn't rule the nation particularly well. Charles II was not exactly a great ruler, and then they created a war that lasted for twelve years. But okay. the Austrian Habsburgs, when they die out in seventeen forty, they they technically die out with Charles VI, the Holy Roman Emperor. The Austrian Habsburgs ruled the Holy Roman Empire. Born to Charles VI, his daughter was named Maria Theresa. And kind of out of nowhere, despite having, like, all this incest in her pedigree as well, she's this, she's an excellent leader. Like, Maria Theresa is known as, I think, the great-grandmother of Europe. Like, that's her nickname. Wow. Because she, she takes control of the Holy Roman Empire when it's on the brink of disaster because her father was not a great leader. There's debts, other problems are mounting. And she reigns for 40 years, and she leaves it this major influential power in Europe after administrative and financial reform that she spearheaded. Huh. Look at so, that. like, yeah, right? That's pretty sick. Yeah, I mean, this whole episode has been about, like, hey, guys, don't fuck your cousins because you'll create things like Charles II. You'll create rulers like Charles II, and then don't let him rule the fucking country. Yeah. But it's like, hey, you might create I mean, because, like, there's always a chance that, like, you know, she'll get lucky, not get all the crazy recessive traits, although I think she still did have health problems. She was just also pretty smart. But at least she wasn't, like, so disabled that courtiers in the Spanish court nicknamed her El Echisado, which means the hexed one or the bewitched one, because that's what they called... Uh, Charles II of Spain. Wow. They thought that's... I mean, that's what that's what they thought of, of Charles II of Spain. He had to be possessed. He had to be bewitched. That's the only way that would explain, you know, the, his behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. One other thing that Charles II of Spain is known for, despite, also along with this nickname, El Echisado, he also presided, presided over the largest auto da fe ever. The auto da fe was a thing that they did in the Spanish Inquisition times. What does that mean? Uh, it means act of faith. Interesting. And it's and they would do it in Spanish Inquisition, where essentially huge crowds would gather and watch a bunch of heretics get tortured to death. Oh. And he presided over the biggest one. Over a hundred different heretics were were asked for penance. A bunch of them were tortured, and at least twenty of them were killed. Wow. In this one event that he presided over, it sounds like a pretty good time, Rick. Like I mean, a barbecue, or a football game. It's it's back in the medieval times. Like, what are you gonna do? Watch a cow do its thing? You're gonna right, go I watch like some guys is, get killed? I think this is pretty run of the mill, you know. They don't have games. They don't have stuff to do. They can't. They can't read. There's no movies. <laughs> Let's go watch some guys get tortured. There you go. Yeah. That's fascinating. And that's what they did. <laughs> I mean, that's why, I mean, even in, like, the, you know, the American West or or England or places during, like, pirate times, everyone would come out to watch people get hanged. Yeah, it was the thing you do, you know, burn the witch. Oh, they're burning a witch. Have you heard that they're burning a witch on Sunday? No, oh, I'll be there. I'll bring, a, I'll bring a picnic. Yeah, sounds like a good time. Are you bringing your pumpkin pie? Oh, I love your pumpkin pie. Love your pumpkin great. pie. Goes great with necks getting stretched. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
And that nice, like, smoky, charred smell of human flesh. Mm. Uh, it pairs really well with a rosé. Well, I mean, it's got to be a wood fire. Oh, please. Applewood. Rick, what are we, savages? Just take that in. Only hardwood. Only hardwood. I mm. burn my witches over hardwood only. Yeah. So that's it. That's that's pretty much the end of the episode. I love it, dude. Yeah, thanks for being on my podcast, Steph. No problem. Hey, anytime you need a shmanime... There's a couple of anime I've like bad, really bad looking animes I've been looking to like rip apart. We'll give you a call. There's an anime this series that, from what I can tell, the synopsis is there is a man who dresses as a woman and then harasses women. Oh my god. And it's in the etchy category, uh, so you know that you're in, you know you're in for a wild ride. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, I really wish we had that show. In, like, the, the, like, it, like, uh. a, like, what synopsis of our show is, like, Aniplex establishes, like, an ethical oversight committee God. for all of its anime. And I wish like, I could just, like, we head it up. I wish I could have, like, final veto power on, like, every movie or TV show that gets made for, like, a year. Right? I feel like you, you could change the world. Yeah, I'd be like, nah, you can't make that. Go back to the drawing board, Michael Bay. Hey, you over there? You're making incest in Japan? Back to the drawing board, buddy. But first, come over here. Come over here. Come over here. (laughs) Get out of here. Make me sick. God. uh... All right. So, Steph, do you have anything on the internet you want to plug? Any places, any websites you want people to come visit? Anything on the internet I want to plug? Mm, no, no, not really, not really. Man. Not right now. All right, maybe once you get a sponsorship for your longboarding thing. There you go. Then I'll point you towards the Insta. Yeah. Be like, follow your boy. This has been Big Time Whoopsies. Thank you for listening. My name is Eric McAdams. You can find me on Twitter at Edaciously Yours. You can find my personal website, NoCharacterIsSafe.com. You can also listen to my other podcast on the Major Cast Network, which is the Shman- the Shmanime Podcast, which Steph has been on multiple times. If you want to listen to more of him. And I think that's about it. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you for being here, Steph. No problem. Stop recording? Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Major Cast Network. Stay fun, stay nasty, and stay major. <laughs>